0: Yes, come one, come all, and welcome to Tea Time with T-Cross. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Tea Time with T-Cross. I'm going to buy a violin, or at least a a toy one, so I can pretend to be playing it for the YouTube videos. But anyway, did you guys enjoy your April Fool's Day, you fucking losers? Uh, I mean, every year it pisses me off. Every fucking year it pisses me off. I mean, we're adults. I mean, seriously, grow up. I'm, I'm all for pranks and, like, pranking people. Do it on any other day of the year. When you, you play a joke and you go, April Fool's Day, fuck you. I mean, seriously, it's not funny. It's never been funny. There's never been a funny April Fool's Day prank. Um... I'm sure there's a bunch of pranks that if you would have done it on any day of the year, any other day of the year, it would have been funny. But if you do it on April 1st, you're a fucking loser. Um, Anyway, let's get right to talking shit about fast food places. So, I've begged and I've begged and I've begged people to share the podcast when I post it, share the clips when I post those, share the YouTube page, all that stuff. For whatever reason, nobody shares it. Some of you do. There's only two people that share it on a regular basis. So shout out to Juice and shout out Mike Burke. Some of you will share it here and there randomly a couple times there and there. Those two share it pretty consistently. So shout out to you guys. But this clip, I'm I'm going to put this clip on Instagram. Please, if you could, share this clip, tag Wendy's, tag McDonald's, and tag Burger King. Because I've had enough. I've already claimed war against these people, and they're winning, and it's pissing me off. So I, I need I need some some people on my side here. So, the other day, I go to Wendy's to pick up an order. It takes me ten minutes to drive there. I get to the drive-through. I say I give them the name whatever. So the the amount of time I spent on the drive-through between. When I first got online to when I got to the window to pick up the food, let's just say it was five minutes, just to make the math easy here. So, ten minutes to drive there, five minutes waiting online, it's now been 15 minutes since they've had the order. It's not ready yet. Not only is it not ready, they ask me to go sit in the parking lot and they'll and they'll bring it out to me when it's ready. So I think this is partially my fault that I, I don't want to fuck over the people behind me, you know? It's not their fault that Wendy sucks. Um, it's not their fault McDonald's sucks or, or, or Burger King or, or anybody that has it. It's not their, the other customer's fault. So I don't want to be the dickhead that fucks them over. Um, so I, I say, okay, I go wait in the parking lot. And then the person that was behind me, I guess they had a big order as well. They asked her to do the same thing. She goes and pulls in right next to me. About 10 minutes goes by. So now 10 minute drive. Five-minute wait on the drive-thru. Now I'm sitting in the parking lot for 10 minutes. Mind you, my order was relatively big. It was six sandwiches and two drinks. Not a huge order, but, I mean, not a little order by any means either. But still, 25 minutes since you guys got the order. Give me a fucking break. So some guy starts walking out with food and gives it to the, the lady parking next to me. So I rolled down the window. I said, hey, what's going on with the Uber order? And he gives me the whole, you know, we're working on it. will be another couple minutes, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, buddy, excuse me, are you the manager? He goes, yes, I am. I said, you know, I'm really not, I'm really not trying to be a dickhead here, but, like, why can't the food be ready when I get here? And he's like, what do you mean? I go, well, I drove here. It took me 10 minutes to get here. I waited in the drive-thru for five minutes. I've now been sitting in the parking lot for 10 minutes That car that just left the drive thru has been the seventh car that got their food since I pulled out of there. Seven other cars that got here after me placed their order after me got their food before me. What's up with that? And he's like, and he gives me the whole spiel. I've heard this spiel a hundred times. Well, you know, if we make the food when we first get the order, then it's going to be sitting here for a half hour, and then we get a phone call from the customer because their food's cold, blah, blah, blah. I go, hey, buddy. I, let me tell you something. Let me let me bring in a little secret. Not one person in the history of the world has ever ordered Wendy's for delivery because they want fresh food. Okay, I promise you that. And I said, hey, how many times ha- have you gotten a phone call from a customer because their food was cold? And he's like, never. But that's because we don't make it till the driver gets here. I go, okay, but. If you don't make it until the driver gets here, I'm sitting here with my thumb up my ass. When I take too long, the customer doesn't tip me because I took too long, even though it wasn't my fault. And Uber has promotions where I need to do a certain number of rides in a certain period of time to get extra money. If I waste any time waiting around and I miss out on those other ride opportunities, you then took money out of my pocket. You get paid by the hour. I don't. I get paid per delivery. So when I'm sitting here not delivering the food because you didn't make it when the order came in, I'm losing out on money. You understand why that's frustrating for me, right? And he's like, yeah, I get it, but you got to look at it from my perspective. Whoa. I'm like, look, I'm really not trying to be a dickhead here, but this is a huge issue. And it's not just Wendy's. All of you do it. It's a problem. I I promise you, that Uber is quick with sending these orders to drivers. The only possible reason that if you were to make the food and it would be sitting there for a half hour after you made it, the only possible reason that would be is because people get orders from Wendy's and they don't accept it because they know that the food won't be ready when they get there. And they know that they're going to waste their time. They know there's a high possibility that the, the customer is going to untip them because it's Wendy's. If you make the food and it's ready when the driver gets there, I swear to Christ, I swear to the God that I don't believe in, that that won't happen. I promise you that. And we, we just kept going back and forth. And it's like, look, I said, hey, buddy, what well, if you were to call a pizza restaurant in advance for an order for you to pick up and then you wait however long you drive there and then they say, oh, let me get started on that for you. Well, what's the point of calling ahead? Uber is the same concept. You order it ahead of time so that when the person is there to pick it up, it's either ready or almost ready, especially with fast food. I mean, 10 minutes to drive there, five minutes to wait, and then I waited 18 minutes in the parking lot. Nine other cars got their food before me. And he was like, oh, you have a big order. Six sandwiches, okay? The nine people behind me, let's assume each of them got exactly one. You made nine other sandwiches in that time period. How are they getting their food before me? If I were to go there and place an order for six sandwiches, it would be ready by the time I get to the, the window. So I don't understand why when it's an Uber driver... It's a fucking problem. When the order comes in, just make the fucking food. I I don't get it. I I don't have this problem at any other restaurant. Any other establishment. It's only the fast food places. What is it? What's the fucking... What is the problem? The only other time I have issues is on Friday and Saturday nights when it's busy as fuck. And they can't just, new order comes in, they can't just move it to the front. I get it. But 10-minute drive plus 5-minute wait plus 18 minutes in, the, in the, the parking lot, let's just make that an even 20. That's 35 minutes since you got the order that it took you to make six sandwiches. That's absurd. Now, luckily, the woman I delivered to ended up still tipping me, but give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. All right? I don't want to hear, oh, we got to make it fresh. Nobody orders fast food for delivery because they want it fresh. Nobody even orders fast food in the drive-thru because they want fresh food. Because they want it fast. That's it. Nobody goes to Wendy's because your burgers are excellent. Nobody goes to Wendy's because your chicken is immaculate. They go there because it's fast, it's easy, it's cheap. That's it. I swear to Christ. That is it. Please. Please share this clip, people. Tag Wendy's. Tag McDonald's. Tag Burger King. One of my friends is a manager at McDonald's. And I'm going to have her on the podcast. And I'm going to fucking scream in her face. So Michelle, when I invite you on the podcast, you better not bitch out. Now, to be fair, I don't I don't know how other Uber drivers um, act, but based on how the stories that I hear from my, my friends in the food industry, most Uber drivers are cocksuckers. I get it. Um, I sound really impatient because I complain about it a lot on the podcast, on social media, all that stuff. But I'd say I'm relatively patient. I get to the drive-through. I wait in the drive-through. You ask me to go wait in the parking lot. I wait there for 10 minutes for fast food. I think that's I think that's you got to understand why I'm upset. I think that's pretty patient to be waiting that long for fast food. I think it is. And Uber, if you're listening, get a get a load of this. Give drivers the option to pick what stores they can go to. Because if I could say, "Hey, don't send me any requests from McDonald's, don't send me any requests from Wendy's," I would do that. But I, I don't have the option. I have a feeling, though, that the restaurants do. Because remember, Calvin, that cocksucker that told me to get the fuck out of his store because I waited an hour. Um, I haven't got, I haven't gotten any requests to go back to that store, and I live, you know, right around the corner from there. So I have a feeling that after that interaction, he went into, like, the Uber app, and maybe that's something I'll ask Michelle. Um, but but I know a lot of Uber drivers show up in places and just put their fucking phone in people's places. I don't do that. McDonald's, you have to go in the store. If there's a line, I will wait on the line and not just go over to the pickup area, um, and then I will give the code, and then 10 minutes is my cutoff, no matter where I'm at. At at 10 minutes after I've given you the code, if, if the food's not out yet, I'll ask. But I'll ask nicely. I'll say, like, hey, ETA on that? Like, hey, what's going on? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I like to think that I'm relatively patient. And uh, who knows? I, I guess we'll find out when I have Michelle on the podcast. But, I mean, it's getting out of control. I'm fucking sick of these places. Fuck. Um so let's go to some more Uber stories from the last two weeks. So last week I had Shayna on, um, my friend who's a therapist. Thank you, by the way, Shayna. Uh, it was a super fun episode. I got a ton, a ton of positive feedback um, from the episode, so I'm definitely going to have to do a part two. Um, she said that she got a ton of positive feedback as well, so that was cool. Sorry, just shifting my legs here. My knees have been fucking killing me lately, but yet I still sit with my knees crossed. So, one of the options that you can pick for your driver is wait in the car. And that one really pisses me off. Because most people tell you to wait in the car as the option. But then when you get there, they expect you to get out of the car and bring them their food. Um, so, I pull up to this lady's house and... Uh, she said, wait in the car. And I try my absolute best to not get out of the car when they when they tell me to wait in the car. I don't give a fuck. You ask me to wait in the car, I'm waiting in the car. I'm just following your directions. Complain about me if you want, but fuck you. So this lady gives me, wait in the car. So I'm waiting in the car. I pull up and I try not to look directly at people, especially when it's wait in the car. Um, I'll just sit there and stare at my phone, but I could see out of the, the corner of my eye, that the woman had came, had come outside. She was standing on her front porch. Um, so I sent her a message and said, hey, I just pulled up, I'm outside. So then, like, I, I could look in my side mirror and I could see her walking up. She walked up to the back of my car. So, like, I'm sitting in the driver's seat. The house was on the passenger side. So she walked up to the back of my car on the passenger side and stopped. And I had the passenger window open. So I turned around, and I made eye contact with her. She is squatting down, peeking through the, through the, the rear passenger window at me. And I called her name. I forget what her name was. Even if I remembered, I wouldn't say it on the podcast. But anyway, I yelled her name, and she just stood there staring at me. I mean, my radio was off, so it's not like she didn't hear me. The windows were open. It was like 75 degrees outside. And I said her name again. And she goes, yep, that's me. And just s- stayed bending over there looking at me through the window. I'm like, uh, do you want your food? And she was like, oh, I wasn't sure if you were getting out of the car. I think at that point, it should have been pretty fucking clear that I wasn't. I pulled up. You waited outside. I sent you a text. You pulled up. I made eye contact. You walked up. You made eye contact with me. I then said your name and you still didn't move what part of that interaction made you think that I was getting out of the fucking car? (laughs) I mean, seriously. So then I yelled her, I said her name, you know, I said, you know, do you want your food? She said, oh yeah, I didn't know if you were getting out of the car. And then she still stood there, I'm like, nope, you told me to wait in the car. She goes, oh, okay, and then she walked up to the window and then I handed her, handed it to her through the window. One of the strangest interactions. Um... I think people just don't pay attention to to what they're, you know, to what they put into the app. Um, like, they don't make any sort of, you know, uh, they don't proofread. They don't look at, they just place the order and then go along their day. So I guess whatever directions or whatever whatever you put into your app stays there for your the next time you order. Um, like today, I got an order to deliver to Home Depot, uh, I guess somebody was working there, and the direction said, leave at the door, I mean, if, if you guys have been to the Home Depot, you know that, you know, what the fuck does that mean, and I have no desire to talk to any customer at all, I don't like people, that's why this job works, I don't have to have people in my car, I just deliver food to them, uh, you know, I obviously deal with people, you know, but I try to limit the interactions, so I just left it outside one of the sliding doors, took a picture of it, sent it to her, and went on my way. Um, I don't think she wanted me to actually leave it at the door. I assume she wanted me to bring it in and find her in the store. But the direction said leave it at the door, so I left it at the door. Um, oh, is my phone in here? Yes, it is. It's in my pocket. So today, I had, I had a whole bunch of interactions today. So, and if you want to follow more closely, I started an Uber Instagram page, uber underscore nightmares underscore. So this one place, and you know me, I, talk, I, I bitch about people tipping, you know, tips are about 40% of my income. You know, I, it's on me. I have a job that's, you know, based on tips, got a better job, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. So Uber tells, uh, I mean, I don't remember... If it was, like, at the beginning when I first started, but, you know, I'm, like, a Platinum member because it is my full-time job. So I have, like, all the perks that come along with the job, like all the promotions, all the, you know, the upgrades and, on, and all that stuff. So when I get a ride, it tells me what I'm going to get paid for the ride, which includes the expected tip. So based on how far away the drive is and uh, you know, what the pay... You can figure out when and when you are not getting tipped or not getting a big tip. Like there's certain times where I've gotten a ride and it was like, I was getting paid like $4 and 50 cents. It was a decent trip. I got paid three fifty. They tipped me a dollar. So you, you can kind of figure it out within get pretty, pretty fucking close. So this person, so uh, every day now there's promotions from 11 to two. If you do a certain number of rides you get extra money, and then there's another one from five to nine. So if I do, if I start, I usually start at eleven because that's when the promotion goes. And depending on the day, whether or not I want to go to the gym, I'll work till nine, and then max max out on the last promotion. So lately, I've been trying not to not accept rides, depending on how busy it is, so that I can reach the the maximum on the uh, on the the promotion. So I need I needed this ride, but I knew I wasn't getting tipped. So. They, they wrote in for directions in all caps. Call once delivered. No please, no thank you, no tip. Fuck you. So I just want to remind all you people out there. Uber tells the drivers whether you tip them or not. They know what they're getting paid, or at least I do. So if you're not going to tip me, you want something specific done whether it's you know leave it on the chair call when i get there text when i get there if you don't tip high percentage chance that i'm not going to do that but if you say please and or thank you i'd say it's a fifth i'd say it's like 75% i'm not going to do it because you didn't tip me and 25% that I will. Depends on what kind of mood I'm in, how my day is going, how much money I've made, that sort of thing. But I'd say 75, 25. But if you don't tip and you don't say please or thank you, there is a 0% chance what you expect or what you want is going to happen. 0% chance. So get your head out of your ass. Stop being a dickhead and either tip or say please like a normal person. Maybe that makes me petty. I don't care. So another another order that happened today, I I, I get a I get a, a a request. So I go pick up the food, and the the directions. The first note says leave at the door. The second note says gave the food to me, and I, and I'm gonna put these the screenshots of these in in the, uh, um on the YouTube channel. So I go get the food, and I'm delivering to a an apartment complex in Keensburg, um, and it's dark out. So if you don't have the light on outside your apartment, which this idiot didn't, uh, I can't really see what numbers are on the doors or are next to the doors. Um, I, I can't see what the fuck's going on. So I pull up to where the GPS took me. And the only door I could, I'm not going to say the, the numbers, um, whatever whatever door number I found was nowhere near the door number that this person's was. So I'm driving around for a couple minutes, like I'm, get, I'm going to a different building, I'm getting out of my car, I'm walking close to the building, looking at the numbers so that I could see if I'm close or not. So then this person sends me a message. Now mind you, when I pick up the order, it tells me what apartment number she's in. She gave me that information in the, like, her address was, was the was the apartment number. So she sends me a message and says, hi, I live in apartment, whatever apartment number. And I said, yeah, I'm trying to find it. And then she go and then she tells me the name of the complex and says, I live in. Which, again, is Zero fucking help. I, I know what complex you're in. I know what door number. You gave me that information already. How about some fucking directions? So then I said, yeah, that doesn't help. I'll find it. And then uh, she she had eventually read it in the screenshot. I screenshotted it before she read it. Um. So she had read the the um. She had read the message, and then gave me no directions. And then, like, several, several minutes went by before I actually found the apartment. But, I mean, <laughs> give me some fucking help here, lady. I mean, Jesus, Christmas. Oh, Christ almighty. Um, so, one of the most frustrating stories, and I fucking still have to email these people. God damn it. So, I get a request last week. To go to, to pick up from Pliables. Um, and it, w- it was late. Pliables closes at 9. And I got the request at like, I don't know, 8.53. Something like that. So I get to Pliables at 9.03. Like a couple minutes late. You know, they're still inside. They're cleaning up. So I go in. I didn't know that they closed at 9 until, you know, I got there. And then I, you know, I looked it up later on. So I chug on the door, the, the, the door's locked. So then I knock on the door and they're just like, you know, telling me, you know, we're closed, whatever, fuck off. And I kind of just pointed the phone out and like, you know, made a sign for driving. So a guy comes out and he's like, what's up? I go, Hey, I'm, I'm an Uber driver. I'm here to pick up uh, an order. And he goes, yeah, we're closed. And I go, why I, you know, I got this request before the store closed, and then, you know, I had to drive here. And he goes, I don't know what to tell you, man, we're closed. I'm like, so you're just not going to make this food? He goes, nope. And I went, you're a fucking asshole. And I walked off. Because the store closes at 9, so I got the order before 9. Remember those promotions I told you about? That was the last ride I needed to complete the promotion. That last ride... Would have gotten me ten extra dollars from Uber and I was going to get paid fourteen dollars for the trip. So this guy just decided that he's not gonna make the order that came in before they closed, and now I lose twenty-four dollars. And it was going, you know, the pliables in Homedale, the new one, and it was going to somewhere in Homedale. So it was a relatively close ride. I was going to get twenty-four dollars for it, and this dickhead was like, fuck it. He knew that a driver was coming. He knew the order came in, and he just decided he wasn't going to make it. So I wrote on Pliable's Facebook page and let them know what happened. And they responded and told me to email them. I haven't done that yet. I keep forgetting. i got to remember to do that after this happened. Um, If I could get someone at Pliable's to Venmo me $24, that would be fucking hilarious. Um, So I like fighting. I enjoy fighting. I like watching fighting. I like everything about fighting. Fighting is fun. I enjoy it very, very much. And one of my favorite things about fighting is when I get to watch people that don't know how to fight, fight each other. So I wrote on Facebook the other day that I had witnessed two people attempt to fight each other. And somebody commented, like, how do you attempt to fight somebody? So here's the story. So I pull into Wawa, the one in Red Bank right over the bridge. I go to pull in the parking lot, and there's these three guys standing in the way. And they, when I first pulled up, they looked young, so I thought it was just like you know three teenagers being, a fu- being fucking idiots. And then I realized, oh, no, these are adults, and two of these people are going to fight the other one. So I stopped the car, and they're just kind of standing in the way like, you know, come on, man, I'm g- let me fuck you. They're just yelling at each other. So, you know, I pull in, you know, I get in the parking lot, and there's about thirty people standing like where all the cars are, um, you know, along the cars, and they all have their phones out. They're all yelling at which is kind of fucked up in society that nobody intervened into these two people to try to prevent them from fighting. That's that's how 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 ingrained in our DNA fighting is. It's really interesting, uh, but but if two people were fucking in the parking lot, somebody would have called the cops. Uh, it's really really strange, but. You know, I didn't call the fucking police. I had no interest in intervening either. I wanted to watch as well. So I, I get it. It's just it's just interesting. Anyway. So, from what I gathered, from what these guys were saying to each other, I asked some of the people standing there what had happened. So apparently, in that same plaza, there's a a, um, uh, a windmill. So apparently what happened was, so there was two Spanish guys. No, I lied. So there was a black guy and a Spanish guy um, that were dressed the same. I assume they were like work colleagues, uh, like on their break for work. And then there was another black kid. So the other black kid was going to fight the Spanish guy. And then the Spanish guy's black friend was like, come on, man, this is fucking stupid. Like, let's go. So apparently, from what I gathered the Spanish guy and the black guy were in windmill getting food. They walked out of windmill and the black guy tried to steal the food from the Spanish guy, like grab it out of his hands and run away with it. But he dropped it, it fell, and then they like were arguing over it. Well, now you're going to pay to get me new food sort of thing. So what had happened, and it it was so fucking funny. So the, the Spanish guy... ...starts chasing the black guy at some point. The black guy runs away. And then at some point... ...the black guy stops... ...and turns to square up... ...like he's actually going to fight now. The Spanish guy then stops running... ...and says, oh fuck, this guy actually does want to fight. And then the Spanish guy starts running away. And that, hap- that just kept happening. You know, one would chase the other... ...they would stop, turn and square up. The one who was chasing stops... ...and now he is the chasee... And it just kept going over and over. And then at one point, the black had picked up a rock. He had a rock in his hand. And then the Spanish guy was like, what? You want to hit me over the head with a fucking rock? Like, bring it, bitch. (laughs) So the Spanish guy started chasing the black guy. And mind you, they're running in the street. They're not running on the sidewalk. They're running right in the middle of the street. They're weaving in and out of cars that are coming through traffic. It was (laughs) fucking crazy. But now the black guy has a rock in his hand. The Spanish guy is chasing him. And the black guy just takes off. Like, they go way down. Like, he just goes, at this point, now he's got the rock in his hand. Now he's just gone. He took way the fuck off. And then everybody's like, oh, why are you running, bitch? Like, everyone's screaming out, and he just took off. And it was hilarious. And at some point, somebody, like, I think the black kid had a phone in his hand. He said he was going to call the cops. I, I'm not entirely sure if, if what information I was given was accurate, but eventually, like, when the blackhead took way off, you know, the Spanish guy and his buddy, I guess, went back in windmill and bought more food, but these guys just chasing after one another, then stopping and squaring up, and then, oh shit, this guy does want to fight, now I'm going to run and go, it was hilarious, I loved every second of it, I'm glad I witnessed it, and if somebody, because I was there picking up a delivery order from Wawa. So whoever got their food, got their food 10 minutes later than expected, because I stood there and watched this uh, this display of toughness. It was unbelievable. So now I want to get into politics, um, which I've, I've been trying to avoid lately, um, but in the world we live in, it's right in your face, it's kind of hard to avoid for a little bit, so Reports came out this week that Joe Biden is going to restart the production of Trump's border wall, which I didn't even know started. To be completely honest, I had no idea that that the that it had even started being built, but apparently it did, and apparently Joe Biden is going to continue production. So, Joe Biden, thus far in present in his you know three months of presidency, two and a half, I guess you would call it At the end of January. It's now the beginning of April, so two and a half months. He's continued the wars. Not that he campaigned that he was going to end it, but he bombed Syria without, uh, without an act of war uh, declaration of war from Congress. So that's a war crime. He should be in fucking prison. Uh, he has cut off um, oil supply, uh, which killed thousands of jobs. Um, and then gas prices went through the roof. I, people are say, some you know Biden supporters are saying it's not his fault. Trump supporters are saying it is his fault. I have no fucking idea. He bombed Syria, which has oil, and then cut off oil production from, I think it was from Canada to America, like that pipeline, which killed like 10,000 jobs. Um, So like, if we're going to be killing jobs and killing people, at least keep the gas prices low, but no. You, you you kill jobs, you kill people, and the gas prices raise. Not a good thing happened in any in any way in that situation. Uh, and now he's continuing the border wall. So here's what I have to say for all you Biden folks who were all gung ho about Biden because he's not Trump and he's going to be better and this and that. Checkmate. If you're one of these Trump people that went and stormed the Capitol or your your entire Facebook feed is oh Biden sucks, he's this and that checkmate. He is Trump 2.0 with a more quiet demeanor. That's it. I've been saying it from the beginning. Biden even said it himself. Nothing will fundamentally change. That is a quote by Joe Biden. He said, when I win, nothing will fundamentally change. So I guess he's not acting like a politician because he didn't lie. He said nothing will change. Everybody voted for him. Nothing's changing. So I've been saying it from the beginning. Joe Biden is a Republican. Joe Biden is Donald Trump without the Twitter rants, without the rallies, and without the this and without the that. So I, I don't like Joe Biden, never have. But if I had to pick between Trump or Biden, I'm going to say Biden just because he's a calmer demeanor. But I'm not going to pretend like Joe Biden is doing anything differently than Donald Trump because thus far he's not. He's doing exactly what Donald Trump would have done. So, you know, everybody saying Trump 2020, keep your flags up because he's still there. He is absolutely still there. He's just just named Joe Biden for this term. And then eventually when he dies, we'll be named Kamala Harris for the rest of this term. So (laughs) you get what I'm saying here, people? hate to say I told you so. Um, Also, guns. I want to talk about guns. So, um, I definitely consider myself um, more left-leaning for the most part, Um, but I'm definitely Uh, pro-gun. I think guns, I don't want to say the word important, but I think, I don't think we have a gun problem in this country. I know a lot of people do. I might get some hate for that. We have a mental health problem in this country. All right, so there are more legally owned guns in this country than there are people. There's 350 about million people in this country, so that means there are more than 350 million legally owned guns. Right now, I don't know the exact numbers of people that are killed, uh, you know, in mass shootings. But it's not a lot. I mean the mass shootings are terrible, they happen often, but the when you look at, you know, the number of people that die from mass shootings, considering how many fucking guns there are, we don't have a gun problem. Almost all of the, the mass shooters are on some sort of mental health drug or medication or have seen some type of, of counseling. Um and you know they're not mentally well and i don't know whether they got their gun legally or illegally blah 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 but making guns illegal it it, it doesn't it, that won't solve anything literally will solve nothing you made drugs illegal that didn't fucking work um all all you're doing is would be taking the the guns away from law abiding citizens because People are still going to find guns illegally, just like they did drugs. But here's what I, here's my point that I wanted to get to with guns. So people like to if you if you if your argument for guns is like people need to have the right to protect themselves and their home, that I'm totally with. You know, I I, I talked about it on my podcast with Mike. I I don't trust myself with guns because. I I am mentally ill. I I have had suicidal thoughts and tendencies. So if I were to own a gun, I think a bad day could turn worse, if you get what I'm saying. So, but it's not just about me. The world isn't just about me. A lot of people defend their house with guns. You know, a lot of the most deadliest uh, uh, cities in the country, you know, D.C., Baltimore, Chicago, they have strict gun laws. Clearly it doesn't work. So there is a mental health problem. I don't know how to solve it. Um, I, I I, am totally on board with making guns, I don't want to say exactly harder to get necessarily, but I think background checks need to be stricter. I think rules on who can and cannot, nah, that, that's not what I mean. I, I don't know how to word it properly. But I think this this is a tough one. I don't know how to, I don't know exactly how to word it properly. I think people should be legally allowed to own guns, but I also don't think fucking psychos should be legally allowed to own guns. That's the the easiest way I can, I, I can explain it. Um, but my biggest problem with the pro gun people, is that a lot of them say, you know, we need to keep ourselves armed in case our government turns tyrannical. Or in case our government, whatever, whatever against the government. (laughs) It's, stop with that argument. The government has tanks, the government has drones, the government has bazookas, the government has the strongest military in the fucking world. If we went to war with our government, we—I don't care how many of us there are—we would be fucked. If the government wanted to come to your house and take your guns, there is nothing you could do to stop them. I'm like, you're go- you're gonna either die, your family is gonna die, or they're gonna take your fucking guns. So this whole oh, we need to have guns so that we could. Uh, we can protect ourselves from a government. It's the dumbest fucking argument. It, it really is super fucking dumb, um, and I'm sick of hearing it. You know, if you want to say I want to protect myself from intruders, I want to protect my family from intruders, I want to protect my, you know, my community in public. If a mass shooting were to happen, I have a gun. I can stop the person. Whatever. Stop saying you you want to use it to protect yourself from the government because you would fail miserably at that. Um, And last thing on the politics here that I want to talk about with the whole COVID thing, the masks, the mandates, the, you know, the this, and that, you know, the vaccination cards. And, you know, a lot of colleges are are starting to require uh, full vaccination and proof of vaccination to uh, go to their college Um, professional sports, um, excuse me, stadiums are, are requiring proof of vaccination to get in. So I'm fully against. I think people should get vaccinated. I think the idea that you need to show proof of vaccination, I think it's horseshit. Um, I I think people should have the choice of whether or not they want to get vaccinated. It's, it's it's the world that we live in. I think people should have a choice. I think risk is a part of life. Um, you know, I, I think clearly the lockdowns didn't work. Um, I, at first, I, I was for it clearly didn't work. I don't know how much worse it would have been had we not locked down at all. There's no way to know that, but clearly didn't work. You know, 600,000 people still died in this country in the last, you know, 13 months, whatever. But I'm sick of hearing people saying, you know, it's not about safety. It's not about health anymore. It's about control. Like, stand up. What part of your life isn't about control? genuine question what part of your life that you have right now is not about control every little thing that that has happened in you know the, the history of the United States government has been about control all of it Facebook social media that's about control they take your information which has just been which was proven by Edward Snowden they spy on you which was proven by Edward Snowden and it was deemed illegal it was it was just you know just recently it was, it was it went through the courts it was proven that what they did was illegal nobody stopped it that's about control they sell your information without your consent which is illegal and there's not a goddamn thing you could do about it. that's about control L- let's let's make it even simpler stoplights middle of the night nobody around you have a red light you can't go through control. You do that, the 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 cops can legally pull you over and make you pay a fee for doing that. That's about control. You have to wear a seatbelt. It's for your safety. I don't want to wear a seatbelt. It's uncomfortable. Well, if you don't follow the rules for your safety, you, we can fine you and you could you know you have to show up in court and pay a fee. That's about control. I mean, What part of life isn't about control? Cops are legally allowed to hide behind a bush to try to catch you in the act. Control. Cops are allowed to arrest you if you disobey them. You could be doing nothing wrong. If they tell you to do something, you don't do it, they can and will arrest you. So stop with the, yo. this is about control. Everything's about control. I mean, give me a fucking break, you fucking nerds. I mean, I mean... Fucking medical records. They they take all of your medical records, so this oh you know they're they're trying to control you and do this and that with all of your information and whatever they want is out there. They control every aspect of your life, and that's that's okay. That's the world we live in. All right. So this is you know it's a bigger scale of control, I guess, but it's nothing new. Every part of your life is about control. No. Medical records, driving records, your phones, whatever. We brag about in this country about freedom. We have a false sense of freedom in this country. Out of the whole world, we in America make up 25% of the entire world's prison population. And we brag about freedom, but we don't really have it. There is so much shit that we are not allowed to do. That doesn't sound like freedom to me. Think about it. All right, so before moving on to the fighting and MMA segment of the show, I want to tell a funny story, which I don't even remember how this story came to my head this week, but I was like, oh, that's a great podcast story. So in high school... There was this rumor floating around, I don't even remember how it got started, but there was this rumor floating around that if you sprayed Axe body spray on your your nipple for like 15 seconds, something like that, because I guess Axe body spray was cold, I never used it, I like roll-on deodorant, whatever, but I guess it's cold. So if you, the idea is you spray it on your nipple and then you flick your nipple, your nipple comes, would come right off. So, <laughs> there was one time I was doing batting practice for baseball. And I don't remember if it was me that hit the ball or whatever, but we, I was at practice and it was the batting practice portion. And somebody, I don't remember if it was me or whatever, my dad was pitching. We didn't have an L screen, um, for those of you that don't know. There's a screen in the shape of an L where you... You know, you throw the ball over, you know, the L part of the screen. And then, you know, after you throw it, you kind of duck behind, you know, the tall part of the L so that if they hit the ball back at you, it'll block it. We didn't have an L screen on the field that day. Somebody hit the ball right back at my dad. Hit him right in the chest. Hard as fuck. Like, right in the nipple. He got a brutal bruise. It went from, like, the center of his chest all the way up under his armpit. It was really, really bad bruise. So I took a picture of it. And something in my brain, went, I'm going to tell everybody that my dad flicked his nipple off. So I did. I showed the picture to people. I sent it. I I texted it to people. People were sending it everywhere. Oh, Tom's dad did the axe trick. So and I told my dad about it. Like, that day after school, I was like, hey, uh, if anybody asks you about this, uh, it'd be be pretty fucking cool if you went along with it. If you don't want to, I could give a fuck, but I think it'd be hilarious. So my dad just took, like people would ask him about it like we'd show up you know at, at basketball at a basketball game or, or, or another baseball practice or you know north football game or wherever the fuck we'd go people would ask him about it and he would always go along with it like yeah man it wasn't a big deal like yeah it happened i didn't think it would oops whatever like what do i need my fucking nipple for <laughs> so then like years years would go by and somebody like you know a couple years After high school, somebody like randomly sent me a text like, hey, I don't know why I just thought about this, but somebody told me, or not somebody told me, it it just came to my brain like, whatever happened with your dad's nipple? And then I just started telling people that it grew back. Yeah, his nipple just grew back. We didn't think that would happen, but I guess nipples grow back if you lose them. So I don't think I've ever told anybody that that story was bullshit, but... I told that story one of my 27 right now. I probably told that story 12 years ago. I don't think I ever told anybody that it was bullshit. He got hit in the chest with a baseball, and that it was a bruise. Um, it's a fucking classic crossing story. Um, thank you, Dad, for going along with it. That's You're a fucking champ. Um, but if anybody asks you about it now, you can tell them it was bullshit. <laughs> so, now let's get on to the, the fighting portion. So, uh, Ben Askren and Jake Paul had a uh, had a press conference. And it was really hard to listen to. Now, I'm a big Ben Askren fan. I always have been. I like the way he talks trash, if you even want to call it that. Like, he just doesn't give a fuck. His give-a-fuck meter is is below zero. He is so unbothered by anything. He, like, literally nothing bothers him. It's hilarious. Um, one of my favorite Ben Askren clips is like, I think it was before his fight with Robbie Lawler, like before he'd even fought in the UFC. He was in the UFC. He was at a press conference. And he was like, you know, I win one fight or I win a fight or I win two fights or whatever. I'm right up there with a title shot with Kamaru Usman. And I guess they knew each other from wrestling back in the day. And I guess back in the day, well, not I guess, back in the day, people used to call Kamaru Usman Marty. That was his name, Marty. And he, you know, he went to college in Nebraska. Marty from Nebraska. So I guess eventually he didn't like that name, so he started ha- asking people to call him by his birth name, which is like Kamaru Dean, I think, is the full name, but people just call him Kamaru, or Kamaru, however you pronounce it. And so then Ben just kept calling him Marty and kept calling him Marty. So then Ben, before the first press conference that he was at, he you know he's got the button-down shirt, he's got the dress pants and flip-flops on, and he's just sitting there, you know, with his with his hands behind his back, um, talking to Dana. And he says, like, hey Dane, am I gonna be sitting next to Marty? And then, you know, Usman walked up to him, and was like, Do you know me, bitch? And Ben was like, Yeah, I do, actually. And Usman was just so upset, like security came over, and Ben didn't give a fuck. It's was it's one of my favorite all-time clips. It's hilarious. So he just doesn't give a fuck. So Ben was like trying to answer questions, and Jake just kept interrupting him and doing like the do 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 talk to him while he was talking, and Jake was like And Ben was like, Man, will you just like, can I just talk? Like, I'm trying to answer a question here. Jesus Christ. And it was just over and over and over again. And then after the press conference, they did like stare downs and, uh, you know, they stared down. And then Ben like pushed his face away. And then Jake slapped him in the belly and then pushed him and then yelled at him to come back here and then called him a bitch. So I think. Askren won the press conference for sure i he, i think he's in jake's head rent free i still think jake's gonna win but i i think i i think it's gonna be a lot closer than i originally thought uh i'm looking forward to it i really am um so one thing that i've been meaning to talk about and i i might have talked about this already uh I I, I've edited so many podcasts and there's so many topics that I've wanted to touch on that I either do or I don't or I forget or whatever. But one of the things I want to talk about is James Krauss with his corner work. I'm almost positive I have talked about this, but it still bothers me because one, it works and two, it shouldn't. So that's why it bothers me. So for whatever reason, when his fighters fight. They just, I mean, there's only been like two instances of this, but it still pisses me off. They lose the first two rounds, and then his corner work before the third round is like, "Hey, you're losing. You gotta go out there and finish this fight." What do you think I've been trying to do the last ten minutes, huh? Why don't you give me some actual fucking advice? But then his fighters go out and finish in the third round, so it clearly works. But it pisses me off. All right, I don't like it. If like that, that would never be my coach. Um, My coach Mike Burke Would never say anything like that to me Ever Um, It's just I think it's lazy I think it's lazy corner work But it clearly works And I mean He's training guys that are in the UFC So I guess I really shouldn't Shouldn't talk on it And should shut the fuck up But I just wanted to get that out there Um, So Ultimate Fighter Season 1 Stefan Bonner um, man, he's 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 having a tough time. Let's just put it that way. Uh, he got a DUI recently. Uh, he definitely looks like he's on drugs. Like some of the videos that he's posting on Instagram. So the other day, he posted a video that you know they they kicked him out of the gym that he was at because he wouldn't put a mask on. Um, which I mean, at this point, just I mean. You guys know my thoughts on it. It's annoying. I get it. But it's a mask. It's a fucking piece of paper. I mean, grow a dick. And then you get the people who are like, oh, first it's a mask. Then it's just a vaccination. Then it's just a microchip. Eat my asshole, loser. Um, so then, you know, he's like literally in the gym like, bah, you guys are all sheep. Bah, fucking sheep. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, you know, I can't, I can't wear a mask. I have a medical condition. I have asthma. It's like, all right. So you fought the at the highest level in MMA. You fought Anderson Silva. You fought, uh, you know, Forrest Griffin twice. Like you fought some of the greatest fighters of all time. Almost achieved the pinnacle, being a champion. Arguably the greatest fight in UFC history. You were in but the thing that really defeated you is a piece of paper over your mouth? I mean, come on. Um, yeah, it's tough to work out in it. I, I do it every day. I do it every day at the gym. When I'm doing jiu-jitsu, I wear a fucking mask. When I'm doing MMA, or, or Muay Thai, I mean, I wear a mask. It sucks. It's really annoying because I feel like my cardio, I mean, my cardio's not good because I've gained a bunch of weight, and it's, it's hard to breathe in things. I fucking get it. But... Just wear the fucking thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, Un- unbelievable! Like highest levels of MMA, but the thing that defeats you is a piece of paper over the face. I mean, unbelievable. So I just watched uh, one FC. Um, so w- one thing that I will say about about you know combat sports, uh, I. I'm a big fan of combat sports. I like all of them. I like jiu-jitsu. I like Muay Thai. I like kickboxing. I like boxing. And obviously my favorite is MMA. So my biggest problem with anything other than the UFC is that I always have so much trouble figuring out where I can watch this shit. Now, besides UFC, one is definitely the best with it. Um, but they're still not up to par. So, they had their U.S. debut tonight. They were on TNT at ten o'clock, but they had a, a prelim show. I had I could not figure out where to find the prelim show. I wasn't really going to watch the prelim show per se, but I had no clue where to get it if I even if I wanted to. You know, I'm sure it's. You know, it it would have been relatively easy. But, you know, if I had asked somebody, like, hey, where do I watch this? I'm sure it would have been easy, but I I, I couldn't find it. Same thing with uh, with Bellator. I have no idea where to ever watch Bellator. They put their shit on so much different stuff, and they don't really tell you where it goes. Like, sometimes it's on Paramount. Sometimes it's on DAZN. Their most recent one, I think, was on Showtime. And if you didn't have Showtime, you could watch it on their YouTube page. I mean the ufc before every show they they put out the card and say hey this portion is on is on espn plus or ufc fight pass this one's on espn this one's pay-per-view or uh, they lay it out exactly now i could have bias because you know i am i pay the most attention to the ufc so maybe that's why i find it easier to find the stuff but i'm a big fan of, of all this stuff like like rod tang fought tonight Demetrius Johnson fought tonight. Eddie Alvarez fought tonight. So like I was, I was interested in the card. No idea where to find the, the prelims. Uh, the the last um, um, Bellator fight, Pitbull fought. I was very interested in watching Pitbull. I wanted to watch the whole main card. I I couldn't name for anybody else that was on it, but I'm sure there were, there were some big names. And and I have Showtime. Couldn't figure out how to log in for whatever reason. So I asked Facebook. Someone told me you could find it on the YouTube page. I didn't fucking know that. I had no idea. Um, and, and I don't think Bellator posted that you could find it on Showtime's YouTube page. Th- these people are just not good at, at promoting when and where their shows are. Um, and, and one of the big problems with one up until today is that they're, because they fight in Asia, they usually fight, you know, Asian time. But so, like, it's on super early slash late, however you look at it, like 3, 4 in the morning over here. So, it, it's tough to, it's tough to watch a lot of their shows, but sometimes you sacrifice to make it happen. But anyway, fights happen. Eddie Alvarez opened the show. Oh, and I know their, their card started at 10. They only had three fights in the main card. Um, and one of them was Muay Thai, so it was shorter than an MMA fight. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but anyway, Eddie Alvarez fought. And I think it was the first round took his guy down, and started punching him in the back of the head. And then, you know, the ref stopped it, gave him a warning, whatever. They, they brought the doctor in to check the guy out. Disqualified. And Eddie was saying, oh, I was hitting him in the ear, blah, blah, blah. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Maybe the first one you hit in the ear, um, but then he turned his head, and then the next three or four or five were all in the back of the head. I don't even understand why there was such a debate going on on the, on the broadcast. It was pretty fucking clear as day that you were not hitting his ear. Um, so then, you know, the ref disqualified him. The guy probably milked it. You know, they were on the ground, and uh, he was, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea what was going through the guy's head that was getting punched, but he, he deemed himself that he couldn't continue. Ref disqualified Eddie. Um, but then one thing Eddie was saying, like you know, I was punching him, and the ref warned me back of the head, so I took my left hand to push his face back towards me so that I could hit, you know, at least the ear. And then they showed the replay, and that's not what happened at all. It's not at all what happened. Like the guy had an overhook on Eddie's left hand. Eddie Eddie couldn't couldn't have pushed his face back, and he didn't. Um, I'm not saying that he's lying. Maybe that's what he thought he did, but he absolutely did not do that. Those shots were absolutely illegal. And if the guy couldn't continue, the ref made the right call, absolutely disqualifying him. So I, I don't understand why everybody was so mad about it. it. It seemed like the right call to me. Um, And then Demetrius Johnson fought. And it was really interesting because after the Peter Jan thing and Aljamain Sterling that happened a few weeks ago, where Peter Yan kneed Aljamain Sterling in the face while he was down... Uh, Demetrius Johnson was saying, you know, you should be able to to knee a downed opponent, and I agree, I think you should for sure. Um, because what's the difference if you can knee someone in the face when they're standing as opposed to them having a knee on the ground? It's it it literally doesn't change how much damage is done. Um, so I, I agree, but then uh, Demetrius Johnson, you know, went in for a takedown, got caught with an uppercut, got knocked down. And then, you know, the, the guy on top of him, I forget his name. He just fought, too. I, I don't remember his name. Uh, something Marais, uh, clearly a fucking stud. So then he, he kind of had him in half guard, but then the free leg was on the side of the head. So he just kneed Demetrius Johnson in the face and then followed up with a couple punches, and he's out. So it's pretty ironic that he was, like, you know, champ, champion, championing? Campaigning? I'm so stupid. I don't know why people listen to me. He was, you know, out saying that you should be able to knee a downed opponent and then he loses by a knee to the face. Um, and I was talking with Santiago earlier. When you add slash change rules to anything, um, it, it, it almost makes it a completely new sport with a completely different skill set needed to succeed, even with just that one rule. And they also allow soccer kicks and whatever, but... I think there are a lot of people in the UFC, and and I can't name any off the top of your, off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are plenty that would, in that rule set, I guess Peter Jan would be successful, in, but you add that rule with the soccer kicks, the kneeing to the down opponents, you add that rule, a lot of people that are in the UFC that are kind of like mid-level fighters, you add that rule would probably be really successful in one, and vice versa. People in one that really struggle with those two rules bring them over to the UFC, they they could succeed more. Like in that position that, um, you know, Mighty Mouse was in where, you know, he got rocked and, you know, he got up the half guard off his back. He's not getting kneed in the face and he's, you know, able to whether recover full guard, go for a sweep or whatever, um, and recover from that uppercut. Not in one. So I, a lot of people say, you know, not the best fighters aren't in the UFC. Which may or may not be true, but one just has a different rule set. And, you know, Mighty Mouse has has been having some really tough fights over there. I don't know if it's because of the rule set or because the fighters over there are better. Could be one or the other. I'm not not saying it's one way or the other. But it's interesting how, you know, you add or or switch a rule, uh, how different things can become. So, uh, shout out to one championship. And then... This weekend... Did I get rid of it? Fuck. Uh, This weekend, we got Kevin Holland stepping up on short notice to fight Marvin Vittori. Um, Holland versus... I had this up before I was looking at it. I couldn't... I I guess I exited out of it. Um, There we go. Vittori versus Holland. So... Uh good card. Looking forward to it. I, I think it's a good card. So on the undercard we got Jorgen DeCastro, who's like a really short, fat guy with really quick hands. Uh and he fights at heavyweight. Let's how tall is he? Oh, he's six one. He just maybe he's just fighting monsters because he's in there. He looks like a little midget compared to the guys that he fights. Um but alright. So he's not not super short, but he could probably make 205. He's a he's a he's a fat guy. Um, I'm one to talk, but yeah. And then we also got uh Jim Miller headlining the undercard. Um I put money on Jim Miller to win by submission, so hopefully hopefully that comes to fruition. I love Jim Miller. Jim Miller the last few years has been on fucking Oh, maybe not. I, I'm looking at his uh looking at his record here. Huh. He's got two losses in the last... He's three and two in his last five, but I, I thought, you know, I thought the last couple he, he did... I don't remember him fighting Vic Bichelle. That was on UFC 252? Really? I don't remember that at all. All right, but... I like. <clears throat> excuse me. I like Jim Miller a lot. Uh, I hope he wins. He's fighting Joe Selecki, who does not have a Wikipedia page, which I assume means he's a young up-and-comer. I know literally nothing about him. Um, but then... Opening up the main card, we got Mike Perry versus Daniel Rodriguez. Now, Mike Perry, um, I liked him when he first came into the UFC, and then he went a little fucking crazy, you know, started punching old guys in bars and and you know, apparently threatening to kill his girlfriend or or whatever. um, Which I have I have my own thoughts about that, but whatever, I'll move on from that. So an interview with him today, he just had a kid recently. So he just had a kid and then had his one-year anniversary with his baby mama. So he got that girl pregnant right out the gate. Maybe it'll work out for them, maybe it won't, whatever. But his demeanor in these interviews this week, he is a new person since he, like, completely new person since he had this baby. And uh, it's really interesting to see... Uh, one of the things he said in one of his interviews today was like, hey, I, I never gave a shit about being a role model. Um, you know, it, it was never my job to raise other people's kids. Uh, I just didn't give a fuck. Like, you raise your own kids. And then I had a kid and I was like, oh, my God, I need to be a better person because I'm going to teach I'm gonna teach this little kid, like, this baby, everything about life. And I'm just, I've just been fucking around. So, I don't know how that's going to translate into the cage. We will find out on Saturday. But it's, it was really interesting, really interesting to see. Um, and then we got Nina Ansarov. Is it Ansarov or Ansarov? Ansarov? I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, is fighting Mackenzie Dern at Strawweight. Uh, really interesting fight. So Nina is one of the best girls in that division, I think um she lost her last fight to Tatiana Suarez who is also one of the best girls in that division but then you know she had a baby with um Amanda Nunes and sidebar whenever you know ESPN MMA or whatever posts about their baby the comments that 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 are on these pages are fucking disgusting i feel so bad for for those two women cuz i would imagine they have to read some of these comments so These two women are fucking savages that they can, you know, put up with, you know, those types of comments from. I mean, I understand it's strangers and whatever. It's still hurtful. um, The the type of shit that's that's written out there, it's disgusting. But congrats to them on the baby. I hope they're happy and I hope the baby uh, has an awesome life. But anyway, so Nina uh, Ansarov is excellent. Obviously, her wife is the greatest female fighter, arguably the greatest fighter of any gender of all time. So she's making a comeback, long layoff, against Mackenzie Dern. Now, Mackenzie Dern is without question the best female uh, jiu-jitsu artist in MMA, maybe of all time. Uh, I would say it's between her and probably um, Kyra Gracie. I'm sure they've had matches together at some point. I don't know how they went. Um, Kyra retired I don't, know, I don't even know if Kyra had any, any sort of MMA fights I'm sure she did, knowing that she's a Gracie But Mackenzie Dern beat Gabby Garcia Who literally weighs Twice as much as her Not exaggerating at all So, arguably the greatest female Practitioner in Jiu-Jitsu history, definitely in MMA So She's been making some strides In her striking, she's not an elite level Striker by any means But she's making gains. She's also tough as fucking nails. She can take a beating. Um, In her last fight... Was it her last fight? I think so. Where she broke her nose. And then in the interview afterwards, she was like... She was like laughing about it. I always wonder what it felt like to break my nose. Like She's a fucking beast. Um, So that's a fight that I'm really interested in. uh, Because Nina... Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even know what she would classify herself as, as far as, um, you know, her, her strengths. Um, so she's a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo, a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm going to assume that she considers herself a striker. Um, so classic striker versus grappler matchup. Uh, I, think, I think Mackenzie Dern, if she gets her hands on her, can, can get it done. You know, she can submit fucking anybody. So that, that's a matchup that I'm most looking forward to this week, and I'm really excited for it. Can't wait to see it. And then we got Sam Alvey versus uh, Julian Marquez, uh, the guy who fucked it up with Miley Cyrus. And uh, Sam Alvey, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him. Uh, you know, he's lost four in a row. And then his most recent one, he had a draw. So he hasn't won a fight in three years. The smiling thing, it bothers me. I, I don't know why. He just he seems like a happy guy. You know, he has his wife in his corner. I don't think his wife trains. That's always weird to me. Mike Perry does that as well. Um, that's always weird to me. But, I mean, it got him to the, you know, to the fucking UFC. And uh, he's had a ton of fights in the UFC. How many fights has he had? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. He's had 20 fights in the UFC. So whatever he's doing is fucking working for him. But uh, I think Marquez is going to is gonna beat him up. As long as James Krause is in his corner tells him, like, hey, go finish this guy. Apparently that that all works. Um, and then we got Sadiq Youssef versus Arnold Allen. I don't know a ton about either of these guys. Um Arnold Allen has not lost in the UFC yet. I'm looking at his page here. So he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins in the UFC. His last two fights, he's beaten Gilbert Melendez and Nick Lentz. And then I think Nick Lentz retired after that fight, if I'm not mistaken. No, he had one more fight after that. Okay. Um, So he's, what did I say, seven? So he's got seven wins in the UFC and one finish. Uh, And then Sadiq is also undefeated in the UFC. He's 4-0 with a win on the Contender Series uh, with two knockouts. So I think that's going to be a good fight. Um, I'm going to say I'm leaning towards Arnold Allen. I just think he's beaten better competition up to this point. Um, But that's another matchup I'm really looking forward to. And then we got Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland uh, fought two weeks ago, I think, right? March 20th. No, because it was an off week. So three weeks ago, we fought Derek Brunson, lost, got his ass whooped. Darren Till was supposed to fight Marvin. He pulled out with, he broke his collarbone, and uh, Marvin Vittoria's made made some claim that he thinks Darren Till faked the injury, and then Darren Till went fucking off on him on Instagram. Uh, I love I love Darren Till. He's one of my favorite personalities in the in the fight game. He's super fun. Uh, in interviews, his Instagram is hilarious. Uh, super fun to watch fight. But I-, I can't see how this fight with Marvin Vittori goes any differently than his fight with Derek Brunson. Um, you know, Marvin Vittori is a pressure fighter, he-, he can definitely grapple. He's got good top game. So I think he's just going to march forward and he's going to take Holland down and do exactly what Derek Brunson did to him um hopefully Kevin Holland takes this more seriously listens to his coaches hopefully in the last three weeks made some sort of adjustment in defending takedowns um and, and working his range because he is tall he is long uh similar body type to Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya beat Marvin Vittori um so hopefully he can not I mean I could give a fuck who wins the fight it doesn't really bother me I um, Marvin Vittori beat my friend Carl, so fuck him. But he's he's fun to watch. Uh, he thinks that he won the fight against Israel Adesanya, and one judge did because it was a split decision. Uh, I only watched it live. I don't remember what happened, but we all know where Izzy went from there. Uh, so Marvin is definitely uh, top of the division, cream of the crop. So I, I think he's just gonna have his way with Holland. Uh, if Holland can, you know, land one of those, you know, crazy off his back. Knockouts, or uh, you know, he's got good submissions. You know, he's a black belt under Travis Luter, uh which is no fucking joke. So if he can pull that off, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty fucking cool. I, I don't dislike Kevin Holland. Uh, the talking in his last fight was a bit much compared to his last fights, but um, I guess we'll see where to go from there. Um, so then I got some some questions from people. Online. So, on Facebook, I got a, a question from Juice, um, who's got the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Um, Would you rather spend an entire year without technology or an entire year without clothes? That's a great question. So, I think either way I end up in jail. Uh, without clothes... Obvious reasons, what I mean by ending up in jail. Um fuck. This camera's too bright now. Let me switch it. I don't remember what I had it on. Fuck. Whatever. I'll just leave it. Whatever. So either way, I end up in jail. with Without clothes, for obvious reasons. Uh, without technology, I'd probably stab somebody eventually. Um, actually, you know what? No, technology as a whole, no. I, I like TV too much. Um, if the question was an entire year without my phone or an entire year without clothes, I would pick a year without my phone. But technology as a whole, probably not, because then, one, I couldn't do my podcast and vent out my frustrations with Uber, and uh, and I couldn't watch TV. So that's a tough one. I'm going to probably say a year without clothes, Um well, would a car count as technology? Because then I couldn't work. Hmm. And, well, I, I I couldn't work anyway. So I'm going to say without clothes. Because um, clothes are for fucking squares anyway. And dick's out for Harambe, am I right? And then I got some... What the fuck was that? Then I got some on Instagram. So... All right, so I got complete thoughts on John Jones from Benny. All right, so I'm glad that I didn't forget that question because I wanted to talk about that. So, I have a lot of thoughts on the situation with John Jones right now. So, I I don't know what John Jones's contract is. I don't know what his, you know, guaranteed money is actually. What was Let's let's look it up. So, so first of all, John Jones doesn't is not a big star. He does not sell a lot of pay per views. Um, if you his two fights with Daniel Cormier were his biggest um, were his biggest pay per views uh, because there was a lot of animosity there. So, so if you take those two out. He's, he's headlined 11 other pay-per-views. On average, he sells about 450,000 pay-per-views, which is like an average night of business for the UFC. It is by no means superstar level. Um, so uh, let's look it up. So what did John Jones get paid for Dominic Reyes' fight? So this is from sportskita.com. So in his last fight, he reportedly made a guarantee of $540,000. And then, you know, whatever he makes from from the pay-per-view sales and whatnot. Um, So Dana White claims that John Jones is set for life as far as money goes. I have no idea whether that's accurate or not. I'm just relaying what, what Dana White has said. So assuming that he made 500 and, what did i say 540,000 he in in that pay-per-view actually let, let's go let's go back to his to his wikipedia so in in that pay-per-view let's see how many he sold um Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Was that not on pay-per-view? Or do they not update it? Huh? It's not. A, it's not listed in his pay-per-view bouts. So let's let's click on it. UFC 247. How many buys? How many buys? How many buys? Why does it not say anywhere how many? Buys. They don't usually. Fuck. see two forty seven pay per view buys. I'm so sorry that I'm I'm getting so far off. Um. I, I guess they never released the numbers. They normally do at some point. And if they did, I can't find it. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess they, they didn't release the numbers. But anyway, so John Jones doesn't sell a lot of pay-per-views. His last fight, he made $540,000 uh, for his guaranteed, plus, uh, again, what the pay-per-view is, uh, whatever his percentage is. So the way contracts usually work in the UFC is if you're a champion, you make you know whatever your guaranteed salary is, I don't, I don't know if champions do show and win. I don't know exactly how that works. I, I think it varies by fighter. And then you get a percentage of the pay-per-view sales. It's usually only for champions. There are a couple exceptions. You know, Connor obviously, when he's not the champion, gets a cut of the pay-per-view. Uh, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, you know, the big stars get, get. you know, are, are the exception to that. John Jones is not one of those big stars, so... I would think him moving up to heavyweight, if he's challenging for the title, even though you know he vacated the 205 belt, I'm not entirely positive that he would get pay-per-view points. I could be wrong, but just based on his, his selling history, he would not get pay-per-view points when he's the challenger. So first there's that. So he's saying now that if the UFC offered I don't know if this was an offer and he was like counter offering through the public he said if the UFC were to offer me 8 million dollars that would be too low his coach came out and said that John Jones versus Francis Ngannou John Jones wants 50 million dollars 50 50 million dollars to put that in perspective Conor McGregor against Khabib Nurmagomedov, which I believe is the the highest selling pay per view event in UFC history. I, I think that's accurate. I think it did like two point two million pay per view buys. Conor got paid forty five million dollars for that fight. I think that was after his pay per view numbers. He got he got forty five million. John Jones thinking that he deserves more money. Than Conor McGregor is asinine. So, I understand his his concept. You know, I'm the arguably the greatest of all time. You know, I got you know 13 title wins, whatever the numbers that he constantly says. At the end of the day, the UFC is a business, right? So Connor has lost, you know, his last however many fights. If you want to count Floyd, I guess that would be three in a row. No, because he fought he fought Cowboy after that. So whatever, he's lost at least his last two. Uh, No, I think even that's wrong because he fought Cowboy and then he fought Poi, whatever. So he he hasn't done all that great the last number of years. But at the end of the day, he sells the pay-per-views. He sells the most money. He sells, you know, he makes the company the most money. So he gets a big return for that, regardless of what his accomplishments were in the past. John, you're great. Excellent fighter. Obviously one of the best of all time. Definitely top three. Um, if you want to tarnish his legacy because of his failed tests, whatever, top five, whatever you want to put him. He's one of the greatest of all time. So much accomplishment. But he does he's not a big star. He doesn't sell well. I don't know if, if it's because he's so good, kind of like Mike Tyson, where it's like, why would I spend money on buying this if I know that John's going to win sort of thing. I don't know if that's what it is. Um, but, I mean, Ronda Rousey sold pay-per-views her whole career, no matter how bad she was dominating. Uh, same thing with GSP. Same thing with Connor. They they sell pay per views, so John Jones doesn't. So for him to think that he deserves more than Connor is asinine, um, and he's always like, oh, people like the fighters don't get paid enough, and then he's going to ask for fifty million. None of that is going to dwindle down to the lower fighters on the card. So like he's cl- like he's claiming to be a champion for for people for fighters to get paid more money. But what he means is I should get paid more money, which is fine to think that. But then don't parade yourself around like you're this big, you know, proponent of of fighter pay because John Jones getting paid $50 million if that were to happen is essentially taking money away from the lower level guys, you know what I'm saying? Uh should John Jones get paid more than $540,000 without question? I, I'm not saying that he's in his place. If that is his show, like his guaranteed pay, he's definitely underpaid for sure. Uh, but to think he, he is owed 50 million just because he's the greatest or arguably the greatest of all time. It's insane. What he's doing is, and I don't want to use the term afraid because John has never lost a fight, but I don't think he actually wants to fight Francis. I think he's willing to, uh, for the right price, shit I'll fight Francis Ngannou Tomorrow for $70,000 Like Yeah I'm afraid, yeah I'd get fucking hurt But I could pay up my student loans and then, I, and then I could go on with my fucking life But him saying that You know, he wants to fight Francis but only for the right price Bullshit, he does, if he wanted to Fight Francis, he would fight Francis, he is willing To fight pr- Francis for the right price but he does not want to fight Francis. I hope that makes sense. But that's, that's my thoughts. Um, so then we got aliens from my friend Tiffany Kobe. Uh, aliens exist. Flat out, no questions asked, aliens exist. Uh, if anybody says that they don't, you are out of your fucking mind. I, I don't understand how anybody could think that they don't. Uh, I think they exist. I think they've contacted us. I think our government knows about it, and that's why they're trying so hard to keep whatever files they have secret. Because at the last stimulus bill, I don't know if you guys know this, the last stimulus bill, uh, for some reason it was put in the bill that within the next 180 days the government need, the government needs to declassify all, uh, all files or all documents about aliens or, or UFOs or whatever the fuck. Uh, I think the most chilling and most uh, uh, what's the word? The most damning evidence is Bob Lazar. Uh, and if you don't know who Bob Lazar is, I can I can I can make a whole of the podcast about Bob Lazar, Google Bob Lazar. Uh, Bob Lazar made a documentary with a with this filmmaker named Jeremy Corbell. I highly suggest watching that specific documentary and then you know other documentaries that Jeremy Corbell has made. Um, Bob Lazar has been on Joe Rogan's podcast twice. I suggest going to watch those. I think he is the most uh, clear cut evidence that that aliens exist. We know that we've contacted them. We we've we've had interactions with them, and I think if they have. I think they want us to know that they're there because I think if they have the ability to travel to Earth, they definitely have the ability to avoid being seen for sure. They definitely have the capability of that. Um, and oh, I forget the guy's name, but Rogan had somebody else on the podcast recently with some guy who had gotten abducted. And, uh, you know, he's taken lie detector tests. Uh, he he was with a bunch of friends when he got abducted. His friends had taken lie detector tests. They all claim it's real. They all passed the lie detector test. I forget the fucking guy's name. They made a movie about his experience, and I forget the name of the movie. So that's no fucking help. But um, I will look it up after this is over. And then when I make when I edit the YouTube video, I'll put the guy's name, you know, right across my face here. Uh, yeah, I I fucking love aliens. I'm de- I'm fucking terrified of them though. Um, and then last but not least, Joe Panisi told me to talk about baseball. So, baseball is back. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I, I, year by year I'm finding it harder and harder to watch baseball. Uh, and b- Because I'm not that old, but the way Major League Baseball is played now, not just played, but but umpired... It's getting so far away from the game that I grew up loving. Um, so there's a couple of examples. One, the lack of bunting drives me up the fucking wall. Uh, we used to practice bunting when I was nine years old all the time. We would bunt in games all the time from when I was a kid up until I was you know, a teenager. Not, and, you know, it was only my travel team that would bunt. Nobody likes to bunt. Uh, at any level anymore, it's so rare, but it's such a useful tool. I, I think they they we focus too much on the home runs, so they allow, you know, every person in the batting order to just swing the bat. Um. So that that's one thing that drives me nuts the ba- the absolute babying of pitchers. Why is it you know hundred years ago when Cy Young was pitching he could pitch. 18-inning games, you know, games that go into – and he did it every day. He pitched every game. That's why he's won 500-plus games. That, but that's why he's also lost 300-plus games. He pitched every day. These guys today are pitching, you know, once every five days, and they have a, a strict pitch count. And then – so the Mets the other day. Jacob deGrom, arguably – definitely the best pitcher in baseball today, no questions asked, I don't think – uh, I, I'd say he's arguably one of, if not the greatest pitcher of all time. He's unfucking believable He pitches six innings. He threw 77 pitches, and then they took him out. Oh, you know, he's not used to throwing 100 pitches in a day. That's what spring training is for. To get these guys ready to play baseball when the season starts. Not that he couldn't have gone longer, but they, they decided not to let him go longer. It's asinine. It's so fucking ridiculous. I, I'm over it. And with umpiring, uh I, I am an umpire. Um I've umpired for years. And and I have the same issue in just any any sport. I think human error in sports is part of the game. It's what makes it exciting. You know, like if there's a bang bang play at first base, the umpire calls them out. Oh wait, let's let's wait for the for the guy upstairs to watch the replay and then he's going to call down and then I'm going to challenge the play. Oh, you got it wrong. It takes the excitement out of it because, you know, right then and there, if I call you out, it's out. That's fucking it. And look, human error corrects itself. You're going to get some calls you're gonna not get some calls. You're gonna get fucked over and lose a game because of a bad call. You're gonna get your the other team's gonna get fucked over and you're gonna win a game because of a bad call. It's part of what makes sports exciting. So these you know challenges and these replays in baseball nowadays, I fucking absolutely hate it. And my dad was telling me the other day that they're trying um, they're trying out new rules in like lower level amateur ball. Um, there's like one specific league, I guess that is doing no umpires, only um, you know only you know computerized calls. That sucks. Other part of excite- of excitement of baseball is watching the coach scream in the umpire's face and get thrown out of the game and then lose his fucking shit. Like Billy Martin back in the day, him losing his shit on umpires. It's fucking amazing. Uh, Lou Pinella losing his shit on umpires, amazing. Um, and, and that's being taken away. Uh, nobody bunts. I, th- th- this this has always been since I've been alive. But I hate home runs. Uh, I hate how often they happen. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Somebody hit the ball far, and you know, so, somebody in the crowd gets gets a baseball. That's cool and all, but like, nobody like. Ball hitting the gap, definite triple, like inside the park home runs. These things are like so rare. Um, I don't know. Just, it, the game is becoming so far away from what I fell in love with as a child. It's it's really disheartening. What were some of the other rules? My dad said they're they're trying to in in one of the 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 you know minor league baseballs. They're uh, they're making the bases bigger. I don't even know what for what reason that would be. Um, I guess to prevent somebody getting their foot stepped on while standing on a base. I mean, that happens so infrequently. I don't know what sort of problem that would fix. Um, What were one of the other rules? I mean, they have a rule now that, like, relief pitchers, when they come in, they have to face three batters before they get taken out. That's fucking stupid. That's about control. Back to that shit. Uh, It's so stupid. I, I... I love baseball. I think I'll always love baseball, but similar to, to football. Football, is, you know, you can't really hit people anymore. Um, it's for safety, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's become it's becoming so far away from the game that I loved as a child, uh, and it's, it really sucks. But um, I mean, that, that's just kind of how life goes. Pe- things change and evolve, you know, it's similar to hockey. Like, they're not allowing, you know, fighting as much anymore, which which also sucks. Um, but I guess that's, that's the way the world goes sometimes. But I love baseball. I love the Mets, unfortunately. Shout out Mike Piazza. I heard they're bringing the black jerseys back this this year. Um, oh, man, that just made me sad. I love baseball so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's the game that I know the best um, You know, as, as big of a fan as I am of fighting And mixed martial arts and all that stuff uh, There's no other game that I know better than baseball As far as the rules, the history, the players uh, and, and just seeing it Change Sucks uh, it's, it's becoming something that I, I, I Have a hard time Watching, you know what I mean? I'm still going to because, uh, you know, there's still remnants uh, of the game that I like, but it's kind of kind of going away. But ho- hopefully we can kind of keep that maintained and it, it won't it won't drift too far away from the baseball that I know and love. But that is all I got for today. Uh, once again, I hope you all had a happy April Fools, you fucking losers. Uh, Carol Baskin killed her husband. Dick's out for Harambe, and Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself.